0: I had to piece by piece by piece sort of figure out what is this world that I'm encountering? Where's my comfort zone? What's important to me? What's the barrier for my threshold for risk and time and
1: money and all these things, I had to answer that. You're listening to the Life and Money Show, a podcast that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth for their families, and impacting the world around them. And now, here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Hey, hey, everyone. I'm Annie Dickerson here together with the fabulous Julie Lamb. Julie, how are you today? I'm
0: doing great. I'm super excited because next week we're going to, you and I, we are going to be doing a little bit of a different get together than we've done in the past. Typically, whenever we get together and we meet and we work, we're either sitting in like a co-working space or having sushi at some oh, of the our sushi. favorite.
1: <laughs>
0: <special>. <laughs> and so I'm excited because, you know, I've been doing a lot of, I guess like self-reflection. I don't know if it's like January or like what it is, but I've been doing a lot of self-reflection. And one of the things as we've been talking about, we mentioned it in in our newsletter that I've been doing pretty regularly is getting out and hiking. And it's been so amazing. And I've committed to doing it once a week, hopefully two times a week, but it's really been once a week for sure. Every Sunday, my family and I go out and we find a place to hike and we do some long ones. And then there's some shorter ones, but we usually usually try to do 2 to 3 hours out hiking in nature and it's been really transformative for me to have these moments of mindfulness i guess it is where mm-hmm. as you're like walking along the hike you just stop and you look up in the sky and you listen to the birds chirping and you watch the clouds roll by and for like 60 seconds, you get a moment of peace and it's been so amazing. So I'm excited to do that with you next week. When we get together, we're going to hike lands. End. if anyone wants to join us, <laughs> I don't know when this That's is happening, right. but that'd be fun to have some of our listeners come and join That's us on. Hike. But yes, I'm excited about that. So
1: Yeah, we'll have to do a good egg community investor hike someday. We'll park that idea. That's a great one. But, you know, as you're talking, it's reminding me of the forest bathing that we did as a team a little over a year ago on our team retreat in Tahoe. And we did forest bathing, all of us, for the first time. And for any listeners out there who might not be familiar with forest bathing, it is a Japanese concept. And the idea is you're not going anywhere like a hike, you're going somewhere. Where you're going on a loop and before spathing, bathing, you're just there to be. It's a very Zen Japanese thing, but you're just there to be in nature. Exactly like you're talking about though, right? To get that, go back to your roots and connect with nature to touch the trees. At one point I looked over and there were members of our team, like lying face down on the ground, walking barefoot in the forest, like sniffing the bark on the trees and touching the little berries. But there are all these little moments, right? That give you that peace and that serenity that we don't get in our day-to-day lives, typically when there's notifications going off and you've got emails to check and Zoom calls to make and all this stuff is just a different pace and it's so refreshing.
0: Yeah. That was so hard for me though. And I'm sure it's <laughs> hard for a lot of people out there who might be thinking touching trees and like, yeah in the ground, in the dirt. It was very hard for me because I used to be the type of person who thinks that when I'm not doing anything, that I'm not being productive. And I've realized really for the last year that when I'm not doing something, I'm actually, I am doing something, which is taking care of myself and giving myself the downtime and my brain, the downtime so that I can be even more productive when I go to work or when I'm with my kids or whatever. And so that was probably the start of that. When did we do that? The winter of 20, 20 what year, and my God, 2021.
1: 2021, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Those for the last year, be it, it's been yeah. this like
0: journey of like all of that. So anyway, yeah.
1: Yeah, I know that it's that grind culture I re- I just picked up a book at the bookstore the other day, Grind Culture Detox, and it talks about this productivity like this need to feel productive like you're always doing 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 rather than just being. And I think the book talks about how as a woman, as a person of color, everything that puts you outside of the mainstream adds like an extra exponentially to that load of feeling that productivity guilt and feeling like you have to go, go, go. So I definitely feel it too. I know we talk to a lot of people in our community too, who feel the same. They're always feeling like they have to go, go, go and do, do, do. Yeah. But anyway, okay. So with that... So for all of the listeners, we have a very special show for you today. We've heard from many of you that you want to hear more from Julie and me. So we're here to serve. We're here to hang out. And that's what we want the Life & Money show to be really is a place where you can connect with us, with members of the community and learn more about both of those things, life and money, as it relates to investing, life by design, travel, spending time with your kids, starting a business, all of those things. And to date, we've had a lot of really amazing guests on the show who have talked about all of those things. And as we move forward on these shows, we're going to have a combination. A lot of the shows moving forward are going to be me and Julie sharing about our insights, our perspectives, our experience, so you can get to know us a little bit better. And then occasionally we'll also bring on guests. Maybe we'll have some of our popular return guests come back on the show, or we'll invite some new guests as it makes sense. So with that, today is going to be a show with just me and Julie, and we're going to talk about one of our favorite topics, which is investing goals. But before we dive in there, wanted to just briefly let the listener know if you are looking to invest in real estate and don't want to deal with any of the hassles of being a landlord and you're ready to get into your first real estate syndication, or maybe you've invested in lots of syndications as a limited partner or an LP and you're ready for your next opportunity. Wanted to let you know as of this recording, we have an open offering and it's called Good Egg Wealth Fund 2. It's a multifamily equity fund that's going to be acquiring multifamily assets in Sunbelt markets in key growth areas with a range of different business plans so you'll get built in diversification all within one investment to learn more about that opportunity and see if it's right for you go to goodegginvestments.com/ fund2 that's goodegginvestments.com/ fund and the number two okay with that Julie I'm going to turn it over to you because I want to know, When you first got into, because I know before we launched Good Egg and this whole world, you started out as kind of you fell into this rabbit hole and discovered passive investing. Tell us a little bit about like when you discovered it, what were you trying to, like, how did you know, like, oh my gosh, this is the thing that I've been looking for? Or did you know? What were your goals at that point? Yeah, gosh, you know, I
0: think it was, oh man, this was six, seven years ago, probably about seven years ago, I went on this journey and I don't know if I've ever talked about the story here, but I won't get into all the details, but kind of just to paint the picture of where I was about seven and a half Years ago, which was kind of, we had been on a journey of like trying to figure it out and talked with financial advisors, did the whole Susie Orman thing, like, and we just weren't getting anywhere and talked with financial advisors and just couldn't figure it out. You know, as watching other people around me, like making a lot of money, retiring early, traveling the world, homeschooling their
1: kids, doing all these things. And I just, and your financial advisor was like, I've got the plan for you. You're going to work for the next 40 years and then you'll get that. Yep. Yeah, like, wait.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we he talked about stocks and bonds and mutual funds. And so I started researching <laughs> stocks and bonds and mutual funds. I started yep. investing in all of that stuff, but it was so depressing. I'd like invest in <laughs> like something. And either of them, yep. we talked about this, remember? Like the thing would go down, like stocks, oh, yeah. like funds <laughs> that I invested into, it, and yep. I'd put like whatever, a thousand dollars or $2,000. And then the next day I'd look in and it was like 500 bucks. And I'm yeah. like, ah, and I would like freak out. Cause I couldn't handle that. Like that. Mm-hmm. I just lost $500 overnight. I'm not a stock market person. Never have been, never will be.
1: Imagine and- if that were like a hundred thousand or like a million dollars that dropped no. to five hundred k overnight. Oh, my I would gosh. die. I would die. And that's what I love about real estate is you. There is no, especially
0: in what we do, it doesn't move that quick, right? <laughs> like for a valuation of yeah. a property to lose fifty percent of its value overnight is never going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it has happened. Two thousand eight was a good time that that did happen, but I think that's why I. So getting back to the story, I think when I found real estate, I think that I felt like it was much more comfortable because it moved at a little bit of a slower pace in terms of losing Mm -hmm. your money. (laughs) And so we talked about stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and all these things. And I was like, gosh, you know, this doesn't feel like it's it. And I said, "You don't understand. Like, I want a plan that's going to help me retire in the next like 7 to 10 years." Which I felt like was pretty reasonable. You know, I wasn't saying like I want to retire tomorrow. I want to have a plan that's going to allow me to retire in the next 7 to 10 years. And they basically threw their hands up in the air and they were like, "I don't know. Like, that doesn't happen. Like, people just don't do that." Yet I was watching other people. You know, I think this was maybe around the time when the 4-hour work week came out and all these ideas of like remote work and not working a whole bunch and all this stuff. And so So then, yeah, we just realized the financial advisor track wasn't the right one. And I actually went out and the next thing that we did was I thought, okay, well, I need to invest and it's not stock markets. And at that time, I didn't even really think about real estate. It was something that was on our mind and we had bought some property, but I didn't really think that, I didn't really know a lot about it. So we actually went out and I shared this story with you, but I haven't talked about this too often, but I went out and I bought a business And it was the scariest thing for me to do. And we invested quite a bit of money into it. And and long story short was- Tell everybody what kind of business it was. It was a pet sitting business and it was something that I knew nothing about. And I thought I can go out there and I can figure it out and I'll make it work. And I did. And for the first year that we owned the business, I grew sales. This, mind you, this is a company where sales had been going down, which is why it was for sale. And in the first year of business, I grew revenue by 15 to 20%, opened up a second location, like did the whole thing. And at the end of the day, there was a legal thing on the back end that was happening simultaneously to my son, I was pregnant with him, my son having some kind of supposed like kidney issue. And the doctor told me he wouldn't live past birth. So this is the story I'm trying to get to. Sorry, it's a long story, but what I'm trying to get to why, how I found real estate and what my plan was trying to get to a place when I told me my son wasn't going to live past birth. I was trying to get to a place where I could spend more time with my family. That's it. That was my only goal. It wasn't tied to like any kind of investment or anything. I was trying to buy time. That's at the end of the day, what the goal was. So
1: yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. It sounds like such a stressful time with this business that you're just getting off the ground and then the family personal health issue that's very scary thankfully spoiler alert your son is alive and well and how old is he now? He's seven and a half. Seven, yeah. seven and a half. And he's just the cutest. I saw him, by the way, on the Zoom call yesterday, giving oh, me a little massage. massage. I was about to yeah. be like, Where's my, come over and give me a massage too. I won't get in line for that. He gives
0: the best good. massages. He was giving my mom a full body one this morning. He's like, Mom, don't bother us. I'm giving grandma a full body massage. Oh my yeah. <laughs>
1: business opportunity right there. People yeah. pay for that. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, as you're talking, it's reminding me of my own story, which is actually parallel, but a little bit different. So you yes. did, and our listeners know, in the 10 years after college, I had nine different jobs. Yep. And for me, it was all about like, I was always reflecting, like, is this the right job for me? Am I having my greatest amount of impact? And is yeah. this utilizing all of my skills that I can bring to the table. And so time and again, I was like, this isn't it. This isn't it. And I kept moving from teacher to game design to learning and development. And at the time when we had been investing in real estate on the side, but it was never something I really took seriously until it became a pain point for me. And I had not quite the same experience that you had, but I had a moment where I was like, if I really had nine jobs in 10 years, I am done playing <laughs> this game. Like maybe it's just not cut out for this. Maybe there's another path for me. And right around this time was when I had fallen into the whole real estate rabbit hole and I started to put two and two together. And I was like, wait. You're telling me if I invest in X number of properties, each throwing (laughs) off X amount of cash flow per month, I could replace my salary? And I'm like, I don't have to ever work again. I can solve this problem. I don't have to have a job. I could do other things, whatever, sit on boards or volunteer or whatever I want to do and have this money coming. It was like, that is the path for me. But even then I hadn't yet discovered Passive investing. So, okay. So tell us then about maybe your first experience with investing passively. How did you know, like, this was the one? How did you know, like, how much you wanted to put in? Yeah, Um, It's a big commitment to invest in a syndication.
0: Yeah. Well, the first thing, so bought the business, business didn't work out, but still was persisting. I'm like, same math, right? It's always the math. I I had sense, right? many hours at my desk in the office, like That's with right. paper and was just like, <laughs> yep. and just doing the math, you know, if mm-hmm. I could do this and I could replace this percentage. And so that business was like the introduction to this idea of putting your money into something that would spit off some money. At the end of the day, that was what I was after. And like I said, buying my time back, right. And eventually being able to leave my job. So then left the business world and then went into start buying single family homes out of state. Which was like a mess and a nightmare because I still remember like Facetiming with like, and this is like six, seven years ago, so Facetime wasn't as good as it is nowadays, right? <laughs> and Facetiming with the contractor and he's like swinging the phone around, and you know how when someone does that, it's like you can't. See oh yeah, anything. you can't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's Everything's blurry. And he's like, yep, fix the cable thing, fix the yeah. door. He's like swinging yeah. it around and was like, okay, this isn't it. Cause this is like $200 a door. And you know, the loan process, oh, what a nightmare oh, like, per property. Forget it. Right. Oh, this was like, like 2017, 2016, 2016, 2017. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And oh, it was just painful. That was another like Way So I did some hard money lending. I did some flipping. I did some long-term buy and hold stuff. And so it was just testing the waters on like, what strategy am I going to use to buy more time back in my life? And so I did all these things, the hard money lending, all of these different things, the flipping and the buy and holds. And I was like, gosh, this isn't it. And I was like, I still, I'm left with the same predicament that it's going to take me 15 20 30 years and maybe I'll be able to create some real passive income and leave my job. And then I realized that what I wanted to do was I wanted to go farther faster and I wanted to go from like single family homes instead of buying one door by one door I wanted to buy many doors all at once which meant essentially buying an apartment building but I had no idea like how to even do that. And the interesting thing is like around That time, no, it wasn't around 2016 or 2017. It was around 2013 that we had finally moved out. We were living in apartments, my husband and I, For we lived in the condo that we bought and then we moved out and rented that out and lived in apartments. And it's just interesting because I never forget one day I was driving away from the apartment that we lived in. And this was in 2012, 2013. And I looked at the building and this is a huge... Property like apartment home community in the Bay Area, and I was like, "Who buys these things? Like, are <laughs> they families? Are they institutions? Like, who buys this stuff?" And was like, "Who knows, right?" And then it's just so funny because whatever, four or five years later, here I am buying these mm-hmm. buildings. But it was when I found the syndication world. That I was like, oh my God, I didn't even know it existed. Mm-hmm. I had to heard the word syndication. I didn't even know what it means. I just was like, that's some big fancy word I don't know about. And <laughs> That's not for me. because, And I think this is where a lot of people end up is they're like, I know what it means to buy a single family home. I know what it means to buy a condo because I've lived in one, or I know what an HOA is because I've seen other people, my landlord told me about it, or there's just so much more familiarity and comfort around that versus, like I said, I had this big question mark, who buys these apartment buildings? Like I knew nothing. And so it wasn't until I found out about the opportunity to be passive. I still remember talking with the first person that I invested with and asking them like, hey, I have some money, I want to do deals. And I thought I had to be an active partner. And they were like, no, you can be passive. And my mind just like exploded. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Because now my goal, remember, was to buy back more time. And this was really passive. I mean, you do all of the research upfront, vet the market, vet the deal, vet the partner, and you do all that research. But after that, you have no... Role in the deal at all. Right. And so, this to me was like this buying my time. That was my introduction. And then that was when I went on this journey back in 2016 to early 2017, before you and I had met, where I was talking to anyone and everyone who would listen to me because it was, I finally felt like I had found the thing that would allow me
1: to buy that time back that I was looking for after what I had gone with my son. Hey there, just popping in to share a quick message with you before we dive right back into the show.
2: Have you been thinking about investing in real estate but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid, like we were, that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives.
1: All right. Let's get back to the conversation. I want to dive further into some of the things you just said, but first I want you to tell the listener that story. I love this story so much. The one where you and your husband were sitting on the couch and that first distribution came in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I had made the investment in like November. I think we closed in December, like December 1st or something like that. And they had originally told me that the first distribution wasn't going to come until February. And so I wasn't really looking for it, but come January, I was checking my bank accounts and it was a Saturday night, which is, I guess, when for all you young people out there, (laughs) this is what you have to look forward to is sitting on the couch on a Saturday night with your spouse, looking at your bank account. That's what we were doing and there was this big deposit in our bank account. And I asked my husband, I said, what is this from? Do you know what it's from? He said, I have no idea. You're the one who does the investing. He's like, you tell me. And I'm like, <laughs> I have no idea. It's definitely from my single family homes because it was a lot of money. And mm-hmm. I was like, and I'm like, well, it's not a paycheck because you know when you work for that bonus oh, yeah. or you mm-hmm. when you work for whatever paycheck from work. And so I did some research and I realized that it was an early distribution that was more than I was expecting for that syndication I had invested wow. in. That was when my mind was just blown when I was like, oh my God, mm-hmm. like, To not expect the money to come in, in my opinion, the true definition of passive income, when you don't even know how much it's going to be or you know how much it's going to be, but it's more than that, you didn't slave away at something, whether it was owning a business and putting time into that or going to work and working for it or a bonus you were expecting or something. I did nothing other than the due diligence I did up front. And all of a sudden this big payout came to me. And so this was even further solidified my idea of passive income and why this is like answering my problem of like buying back more time. And here we are almost six years later, it's been a wild ride. So, yeah.
1: I'm curious When you started out with out-of-state rentals and hard money lending, you were searching for something, but you didn't know what the answer was. You didn't know that passive investing was a thing, but through kind of trying out these things and crossing them off your list and they're like, "Mm, this one's not right. This one takes too much time or this one has too much risk or whatever it is, right? Eventually you found passive investing and then you knew because you had tried all these things, this is the one, this fits the best. Yeah. Do you think if there's a new investor listening who maybe hasn't tried all these things, do you think it's necessary for somebody who's just starting out in real estate to try all these different things and kind of try them on for size, see if it's right for them? Or do you think like going back to your younger self, is there a way that she could have gotten to that moment on the couch with the distribution? faster or sooner? Or do you think it's part of the journey to try out some of these different things?
0: Oh God, that's such a good question. I think it's like asking the question of people who like, did you always know you wanted to be a doctor? (laughs) And some people are like, oh, I knew from when I was two years old, I was practicing with a doctor kid and always knew I had a passion for helping people and whatever, whatever. And then talking with my mom the other day, she had an old coworker that used to work with her at the airlines and then left and became a doc. Something, not a regular MD either, like some specialized doctor and not a lot of people do that. So for me, that was the journey I had to go on. And it was like, I feel like if I had a mentor or a coach or like somebody who had walked the path before me that I could have talked to, they could have helped shortcut that for me. But at the time when you're first getting into it, I mean, most coaches and mentors, they cost a lot of money. And I didn't have like my rich uncle to like give me the whole lay of the land. So I had to piece by piece by piece sort of figure out what is this world that I'm encountering? Where's my comfort zone? What's important to me? What's the barrier for my threshold for risk and time and money and all these things? I had to answer that so I guess the answer is it depends, which means like if you had someone that could help you, like if I sat down with somebody, I could, and I have, and I've with some family, I've sat down with them and I've given them the lay of the land. Like here's the big picture. Here's all the different ways you could go. Here's what you need to think about risk versus time versus money and understand where your thresholds are in at with all of those things to be able to understand what the next, what the best step is. So I think if you, have a mentor or you have somebody available to tap on that, that you can definitely go farther faster. But for me, I had to go through that. And I think also that's just part of my personality is I have to walk the walk myself. I don't let anybody else tell me, (laughs) Julie, it's fine. Like you can
1: do this. No, I need to struggle. That's a pain point for me. (laughs) For me, when I was going through that, I think I had invested in out-of-state rentals until it just didn't work anymore for me. But I remember having this subconscious, I think, mindset block, I guess you (laughs) can call it, when getting into passive investing to start. I think there's this, we were talking about productivity at the beginning of the episode, and we were talking about this grind culture, right? I think there was a part of me that was thinking, well, if I do the work, Mm -hmm. I stand to make more money. Right, And there was a part of me, if I'm being truthful with myself, that back then I was thinking, I have to do this up to a certain point. Mm -hmm. Like I have to do the house hacking thing or the out-of-state rentals. I have to earn my stripes through doing this. And maybe I'll lose some money, but I stand to gain significantly more money. And so I remember a while back, I actually dove into that exact question because after I got into passive investing, I was like, well, is that true? that when you're passive, you make less and when you're active, you make more? Or is that a myth? And I actually went back and for any of the listeners, check out our Good Egg Investments YouTube channel. You'll find this video on there. I had taken four months of my rental property statements, property management statements, and compared them to four months of my passive investment statements and income. And oh man, I was doing a lot of work. Believe me. Even though I had a property manager, <laughs> there were a lot of decisions to be made that because we were trying to stabilize these properties, there were renovations. I had to put money into these rental properties to fix things. Things came up that we didn't account for. And so three of the four months that I was looking at this particular, actually it was the whole portfolio, three of the four months, I didn't make any money at all. <laughs> Yeah. on the rental properties. In fact, there were multiple months where I lost money because I had uh-huh. to put money in. Yeah, uh-huh. I made some money on the back end with appreciation. I didn't have to share that with other people, but the whole... Heartache. Oh man, the heartache, especially when you have kids. Oh, I didn't want to deal with that. And then one month we got some cash flow. But over here on the passive investing side, it's like really? every month it was coming in or every quarter it was coming in. And it was, I didn't have to do the work. And even if it was a little subpar, you're talking about buying back the time. That's when I realized the value of time was I realized, okay, even if it's a little bit less, that's okay because. I had all this time that I was able to buy back versus putting in all this time and headaches and having to make all these decisions where I'm not a pro in managing these rental properties. I'm not an asset manager. I had to step in. It was very stressful for me. And guys, I can hear the pain in her voice. are still (laughs) fresh. The anxiety is coming through. Yes, That's right. I am not an asset manager. And I went through that. But then afterwards, I was like, man, if somebody, like you said, if I had a mentor or coach at that point who could have shown me like, this is possible without you having to struggle and grind and do all this work. I'd be like, yeah, sign me up for that. Absolutely. A (laughs) hundred percent. Oh man. But I'm grateful that you and I, we went through all of that. We learned the lessons that we did because it does make us stronger now in the position we're in now to better advocate for not only our investors, but the communities we're investing in and have more of that asset management prowess.
0: One thing I just want to add to that, I think the thing that it did give me is going through all of this is certainty. And you know, I am a big certainty. Oh yeah. (laughs) If I don't have the certainty I need to move forward, whether it's buying a deal with a partner, investing 15 million in a deal, doing something for our investors, whatever it is, if I don't have that certainty, we don't move forward and going through all of these things the buying the business the all of these different things that that I did the flipping the buy and holds the hard money lending because those things didn't feel right when i finally found the thing i knew without there was no question at all in my mind and i had been waiting for this day i had a past life, went to law school, did the whole thing and bartended. I mean, I had been searching for this for decades. And so when I found the thing, so going back to that question that you had asked, like, did I have to go through that? For me, I had to go through that for me to be in the position that I'm in now, where I know without a doubt that this is the thing, not only for me, but for many other people out there to solve the big problem of like buying time back. So certainty, big thing. I fully advise everyone before you do anything, make an investment before you, anything you're doing, like find that certainty and look it up. Tony Robbins has, what does he call it? I think his success cycle. And he talks Mm -hmm. about the role that certainty plays in terms of the decisions that you'll make and the outcomes that you'll have. And it's a cycle, a whole thing, and then you'll believe more and then you'll have better success. And anyway, it's certainty is such a big part of what I do. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because yeah, if otherwise you would always be wondering, but you have that absolute certainty. And that's the place that we're trying to help as many people in our investor community, in the Life and Money Show community, the Good Egg Investments community to get to is that place of certainty, whether or not the real estate syndications and passive investing, or even real estate investing at all is right for you, but get to that place of certainty one way or the other. I wanted to add one exercise that really helped me back in the early days was to figure out my why and to figure out what I'm doing all this for in the first place. You talked about buying back time and I talked about replacing my salary. It was a process for me to uncover that and why I wanted to replace my salary, why I wanted to quit my job, what I would do with that time. And one exercise that really helped me was the seven why have you done this one? No. Okay. The seven whys. So for the listener, particularly if you're pondering, like, should I invest in a real estate syndication? Right. So that becomes your question. So you've got to have a question to start like something back then when I did it, I was like, should I quit my job? That was my big question. And then you do seven layers of why. So why would you want to quit your job? Or why do you want to invest a real estate syndication? So the first why you might put, I want to create passive income for my family. Okay, great start. Then comes the second why. And this works really well if you have a partner who can ask it back to you, but you can also do it in your head by yourself. So then the second why would be, why do you want to create passive income for your family? So you drill into that, and it gets progressively harder as you go right. deeper. Mm-hmm. But you uncover the core of like why it's not about the surface things, not about the luxury cars or the vacations or whatnot. It's mm-hmm. about something deeper for mm-hmm. you. Even the time, like, what do you want that time for? What is it about? Right? Like you dig as deep as you can, and once you do this exercise, and I'm telling you, like, why number like five <laughs> or six? I got really stuck. Yeah. I was like I don't remember what no. I said but I was like I don't know why I want this. Why do I want this? Yeah. And for me, I had a breakthrough moment at that moment that tied it back for me to my lineage, my mm. family, the lessons and the baggage that had been passed down to me for generations. Yeah. And that then tied into freedom and mm. that was my ultimate why was But I had to go through all this. It's like symptoms, right? On the surface level. And you're digging, digging, digging through that to find what is that core? What's driving me? And once you find that, oh man, when you go through the, like the troubles of the hard money lending or the rental properties or the contractors not showing you the things, and remember your why, and that's going to carry you through. So to all the listeners out there, highly recommend, whether it's this exercise or another one, really dig into not only your investing goals, but your big why for why you're doing this. And that's going to get you 80% of the way there because the rest is just the tactical, strategic, day-to-day, figuring out the minutiae and that will all fall into place. But if any of you need support in any part of that, know that Julie and I, as well as the Good Egg Investments team, we're always here for you. In fact, we're always looking for more and more ways to connect with you. So we're hoping to share more on that soon. But in the meantime head over to our website, goodegginvestments.com There, you're going to find a whole host of resources that we've built just for you. Everything from what is a real estate syndication to are you accredited or non-accredited investor? How do you build a life by design? What are the risks and the benefits? What about the tax advantages of investing in real estate? We have resources, videos, blogs, all of this, tons of good stuff. It's all for free on our website, goodegginvestments.com. And of course, if you're ready to invest alongside us, learn about Good Egg Wealth Fund 2 at goodegginvestmentscom fund and the number 2. All right. With that, Julie, any last words before we wrap up? No, this was a
0: good one. I feel like we've talked about our origin stories on many of other podcasts that we've been on, but it was good to recap it here. There might be a lot of new folks that might not have known our stories since it was a while ago now, but love the digging for the wise. I think that in order for us to get a place of certainty to know whether or not to do a thing, we need to know why we're doing it. And if you can dig, you'll be fascinated with what you find. I'm still on my journey to digging for those whys. <laughs> I haven't figured it out yet. And like I said, it started with like buy more time is up at, it's like why number one, right? But the more that you dig and dig and dig, you learn so much about yourself and you can really get to a piece that's, a place that's very peaceful. If you can dig and understand get to the real why and then get to the certainty of whether or not to do a thing, whatever that thing might be. That was a good one, but great episode.
1: All right. Well, with that, thank you to all the listeners for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. We're going to have much more for you coming up on The Life & Money Show. So tune back in next week for another new episode together with Julie and me of The Life & Money Show. We'll see you then. You've been listening to The Life & Money Show, the number one podcast for people who, like you, are living a meaningful and intentional
0: life by design, building true wealth, and making. An impact in the world. For more resources,
1: check out goodegginvestments.com and be sure to join the Life and Money Show community on Facebook. And if you got value out of this show, please subscribe and give us a five star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations.